Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at ComparedToWho.me, and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode, and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, happy new year again. Heather Creekmore here from the Compared to Who show. Compared to Who is part of the Spark Podcast Network, and we are so excited to now be on the Edify Podcast app, so I hope you'll check that out. Today's show is one that I actually recorded last January, but my microphone failed me, as you'll soon hear, and I didn't use the show, but As we're at the start of another new year, the message that God has put on my heart is still the same one that was there last year. And so the question I have for you this January is, what journey are you on? And as you'll hear in today's show, we're going to talk about what the Christian journey really is supposed to be and how easy it is for us, especially in January each year to get off track by getting on a new track towards health or weight goals or organizational goals or whatever your goals may be. Goals aren't bad, but we lose our perspective of the bigger journey that this life is supposed to be. So although the audio quality is not awesome, I hope you'll take a listen to today's show called What Journey Are You on. Here it is. God's been talking to me over the last couple of months about one specific question. And that question is, what journey am I on? And for some of you, this is a question that maybe you've not considered before. For others of you, maybe you've read this question on my blog posts or thought about it in different contexts. But today I want to just dig into that question. So I wrote a post years ago called Thin is Not a Destination. And I wrote it at a time when God had showed me that like the goal of my life had been to be thinner. I mean, as ridiculous and embarrassing and completely vain as that sounds, that was a major life goal. And so God showed me that and kind of rescued me from that. But what's happened since is every once in a while, I find myself on a journey that's probably different than the journey that the Bible lays out for Christians to be on. For example, I found myself on a publishing journey for years and pretty soon publishing became my end goal. I remember before I was married, I was on a journey to get married. And I thought that maybe once I found my husband, like that some big completion of the journey would have occurred uh, only to find out that no marriage was just a milestone. The journey continued. And so as I've been thinking over the last couple of months about this whole concept of journey, 
Interestingly enough, my eighth grader had an assignment, and that assignment was for him to get familiar with the Pilgrim's Progress. Now, Pilgrim's Progress is a book. It's from the 1600s sounded a little painful to read. And so I saw that there was a cartoon movie version of it that came out just a couple years ago. And I was like, that's for me, watching the cartoon over reading 1600s language, like I can hack that. But my son was supposed to be familiar with some of the allegory there. And I didn't really fully knew what that was. But wow, once we watched it, uh, I became an instant huge fan, a huge fan, John Bunyan, 1600s. Woo -woo, there's no t-shirts for that. <laughs> but, but I became a huge fan and I realized that this story spoke perfectly to that question that I've been wrestling for years. What journey are you on? So let me just give you a little bit of the background if you're not familiar with it. Um, just give me a couple minutes here and I will explain to you how this almost 400 year old story has something very relevant to teach us today. So the story was written by John Bunyan, 1678. He actually started writing the story from jail. He was in prison for violating a law that did not allow churches to meet outside of churches that were part of the Church of England. Now he was a Puritan, and so Puritans were called nonconformists at that time. And so he was technically violating his country's law by being part of a Puritan church and actually preaching at that church. He was a pastor. Um, and so he got thrown in jail and he was in jail for a total of 12 years. And then the book finally got published six years after he got out of jail. So the story, like I said, is an allegory and the names in the book are very clear to that end. And so it's kind of interesting. The main character is named Christian Pilgrim, right? And he meets characters like evangelist and obstinate and Mr. Worldly Wise and Simple and Sloth. Like these are all people's names. Uh, he meets someone named uh, Timorous, which is, stands for timidity. Um, someone named Mistrust, someone named Shame, someone named Faithful. So he meets all these different people along his road. And then he also goes to different places. So he lands in the Swamp of Despondency, how many of you have been in the swamp of despondency, right? Feeling despondent. Um, he visits the village of morality where he learns like just doing good is what is going to take him to where he desires to go, which is the celestial city. He goes to Difficulty Hill. Um, he goes to all these different places that are all symbolic of um, parts of our journey as Christians on a pilgrimage towards heaven, ultimately, right? And so as we think about journey, like, I, I think that's something like a lot of us miss. It's pretty hard not to be focused on life here on earth, right? And to be focused on the next milestone as the thing that we are living for and working for. But I believe this story really knocks us back to remembering what journey are we really on? Like this world is not our home, no matter what's happening with politics or the virus or even inside your home, what uncomfortableness is happening. This is not our home. This is all just temporary. Our ultimate journey is a journey towards 
heaven. And so looking at our life as that kind of journey, I don't know, that, that's, that's countercultural, friends. Like that's revolutionary to think biblically <laughs> about our lives, take the big picture view of our lives. Like that'll change your perspective on some things. And so as I watched this movie, oh, there are so many things that I was like convicted of, just a little prick. And then also encouraged by when he starts his journey, he has this giant burden on his back. And eventually when he meets Jesus, um, which is part of his journey, that burden is lifted. It disappears. And he is free from the weight of all of his guilt and his shame. He had to carry that burden around with him until he came to the cross. And it's at the cross at the point of salvation that he's able to let go of this heavy burden that he's been lugging around on his journey. And actually has the burden for the whole movie, but he doesn't become aware of the burden until, um, until really he learns about God and finds information about God and this journey to the celestial city. And that's when he becomes aware of this great burden that he's been carrying. And then eventually it's lifted off of him when he, um, when he finds Jesus. And so when he gets across, he's freed from the burden of sin, but that doesn't mean it's an easy go from there. So just because he's met Jesus and Jesus has lifted his burden, it's not easy street after that. And I think that's a good reminder because I think sometimes we're like, hey, I'm a Christian. Like I did all the things. I gave my life to Jesus. Like why are things still hard? And the short answer is, well, you know, look at Jesus's life, look at the apostles life, right? Like the New Testament never promises that just because we follow Jesus, things will be easy. In fact, it actually promises the opposite of that. But it's a good reminder for us that we have a very active enemy who wants to distract us from our plan and our purpose. And in addition to it kind of being a hard trek, like the enemy makes it an even more difficult trek to keep on path to keep going in the way we need to go to reach the celestial city, to reach our ultimate destination. So I know like I've got friends all over the world that listen to this show. In fact, it's really crazy when I look at my stats, like the show is ranked really high in religious shows in India. So hello, all my Indian friends, like that's amazing. Bulgaria, Finland, like you guys are listening too. So that is super cool. And I'm really excited about that. And so it's probably maybe different for you to hear like us talk about wanting a life that's struggle-free because I know we have so many freedoms here, at least right now, that we take for granted in terms of religious liberty and, and things that people across the world don't have. Like they're already in a struggle just to live out their faith. So it's a different perspective perhaps that I have as an American talking about looking at this journey than you may have um, as someone from a different part of the world. But I think it's fascinating. One thing we all share in common is, is that there are lots of things out there that can distract us from our main journey. And one of the ones that, that I believe is universal is, is how shame tries to distract us. And there's a line from the book, and I'll read it for you. It says, and I thought again, this shame tells me what men are. 
but tells me nothing what God or the word of God is. But indeed, this shame was a bold villain. I could scarce shake him out of my company. Yea, he would be haunting of me and continually whispering in the ear with someone or other of the infirmities that attend religion. That's a mouthful. <laughs> but at last I told him, was but in vain to attempt further in this business for those things that he disdained and those that I see most glory. And so at last I got past this important one. And when I had shaken him off, then I began to sing. And so what Christian Pilgrim in the book is saying here is he's just reminding us of how shame is kind of a constant traveling companion for some of us and how when he finally, I'll try to bring it to modern English, when he finally saw God's glory in overcoming the things that shame most frequently reminded him of. That's when he shook shame off and began to sing. And I just, I think that's really beautiful. He also fights this giant fight against despair. He goes through the valley of the shadow of death. He comes face to face with characters that pass as religious characters. Like there's this helpful, helpful guy called self-will. But what the interesting thing is, is all of these quote unquote helpful characters, you eventually realize they're just Satan in disguise. Uh, so that's another fascinating aspect of this journey. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. And towards the end, Christian Pilgrim and his friend Hopeful, they're warned about staying on the path. And they're also warned about potentially meeting a character called the Flatterer. And they're like, well, of course, we're not going to deviate from the path. I mean, we're almost there. They've been journeying for quite a while. And they're like, Flatterer, we won't fall for that. And it is amazing to see what happens when they get ensnared by the Flatterer's words, how the Flatterer so quickly and so easily persuades them into thinking about how great they are and how fabulous they've done on this journey and how they really don't need instruction anymore because they're just doing so great. And it's really all their great ideas that have taken them this far. And it's it's crazy because what actually happens then is they get literally ensnared in the flatterer's words. That trap comes and and um, ensnares them. They get tangled in this trap and then they have to be set free from it. Uh, anyway, the whole story, you guys, I, I just, I'd love for you to check it out. You can watch it. Um, just type it. If you have a Roku, type it in uh, or type it into your web browser and find the 2019 animated version of it. I think it'll really bless you. Um, there's another part of the story I'll just mention real quick where the characters go through a portion um, of the journey called the Vanity Fair. And the Vanity Fair is like a carnival. It's like a circus town. Like everything that's awesome is there. You can, you know, all the finest foods and riches and games. And, oh, it's just a very exciting place. And some bad things actually happen to them there. But I was so struck by the language, Vanity 
fair. Like I don't use that word vanity very much when I think about body image issues and struggles. Like it's kind of an old fashioned word, but what is vanity really? Like vanity is, is self-focus, preoccupation with self perhaps, or, or wanting to feed the flesh, wanting things that will make me feel happy for now, but to use the words from Ecclesiastes are vain because our lives our lives are but a vapor and they won't last. And so anyway, the characters go to this vanity fair and they try to stay super focused. Like we're not staying here. We're going to the celestial city. And, and honestly, when I watched it, I started to think about how vanity fair was a lot like our culture now and how many of us have made like living in the vanity fair our destination. Like if we could just make it to there where we have all the finest of things and we look the way we want to look and dress the way we want to dress and we have plenty of money to do the home improvement projects that we want to do and all the things, like that's not the final destination. And so again, this is just a really, a really tangible, great visual, if you watch the movie, reminder of the journey that we're truly on. So as we close out this episode today, I just want to ask you, like, what journey are you on? Some of you would say you're on a journey to meet your health goals. And again, that's not bad. Like, it's okay to meet your health goals. Like, there's nothing wrong with having goals along the journey, but that's not your main journey. Like, you're not going to have arrived once you get to that weight or, or fix that autoimmune disorder or, you know, fix that skin condition or whatever it is your health goal is. That is not your final destination. Your final destination, if you're a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, is heaven. So are you on a journey just to like get your kids grown and out of the house? Maybe you're single. You're on a journey to like get married. Maybe you're on a journey to advance your career. What journey are you on that is distracting you from being on the main path, the pilgrim's journey, the Christian pilgrim's journey? And so today, as we close... That's the question I'm leaving you with. What journey are you on? And if you're on the Christian pilgrim's journey, what are you using to direct you on your journey? Are you spending time in God's word every day? Are you talking to him? My pastor's preaching on Genesis this month, and it's been really incredible. And he made a very simple yet poignant point last week. And it was, if we truly believe that God created us and created the universe why do we consult all these other experts all the time? Like I have a problem with food or diet or exercise or my body. And I spend a zillion hours literally like researching all the things and praying about it. Yeah, that's like five minutes. My pastor's point was like, we have the designer, like you have the guy who made the human body guy. You have the God, I should say, who made the human body accessible to you. He is a resource to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to communicate with you. He gives us his word so we can know about him and about how he created everything. And yet we use all these other resources for our journey. So I leave you with that. We're on a journey. It's not a journey that has anything to do with body image or comparison necessarily. In fact, most of the time, those are just distractions from the main journey we're on. Are you on the journey and are you using the resources that he's given you for this journey? 
Hey, that's all for today's show. I'm so glad you listened. I hope you are too. If you like what you hear, normally with better audio quality, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. Well, Compared to Who is grateful to be part of the Edify Podcast Network. For more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, head over to edify.app and search for the Edify app in the Apple and Google Play stores. Hopefully something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hello, hello. Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's Word one verse at a time to explore His will for your life and desire to draw closer to Him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.